I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. If you're considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right is your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right tackles topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen and bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company Black Dog Builders in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. All right, welcome back to another episode of Renovation Made Right. Did I say that right? Yeah. Reno, Reno, yeah. Renovation Made Right? You, you did say it right, just not smoothly. Just, no, it, yeah, it was kind of bleh, yeah. right? Yeah. Sometimes you that happens. That anyway, this is Renovation Made Right, and I am Brenda Bryan. <laughs> and I am Brenda Bryan. What? Oh. You're not Brenda Bryan. Hi, sorry. What's your name? I'm David Bryan. Thank you. All right. Good Lord, I'm, we're I'm on very a bad start. I don't know. It's, right. it's a question is should we edit this and, yeah. and do it again or should no, no. I think everybody it's just should fine. just, just see, roll with see, it. It's see just the bad fine. Stuff. Yeah, so okay. listen, I wanted to mention something to you. Yes. Right? Do I have spinach in my teeth? Uh, you do not have any. Oh, okay. No, it's I fine. So, sure. but what I did want to mention to you mm-hmm. was, uh, so this summer, you know that, uh, so we have four kids. Uh, I do know that. I chose to build a surfboard with one of our kids, yes. right? Um, one of with, our, one yes. of our daughters, yes. with one of our, with one of our daughters, right? And so this summer as our summer project, we built a surfboard from scratch, which was a lot of fun, but mostly I did it as a way to get to spend lots of time with her. Yes. Right. So, w- which we did. And at one point in time, so you, you, you've done that before. You built a, a dresser with I do our that. son yeah. so and then, to, and then the youngest son actually wants a beer pong table right. <laughs> and you're actually thinking he's only 16 by the way but dave's actually thinking about doing it just because mostly because that'll force bonded. him to spend time with me yeah he'll have right. he'll be forced to so and, and, and they all think that what we're really doing is building <laughs> beer a project. pong right. table yeah they all think we're building a project but the truth is we're actually spending time you're building a relationship right we are building is. a relationship mm-hmm. however um in this particular case this daughter, uh, our youngest daughter, who is now a junior in uh, in college, uh, who is also a little bit of a wise guy, we're talking, and I said, "Hey, you know, you're not gonna believe this, but we have thousands of listeners to our podcast," and she was positively stupefied. Yeah, I know. Right, because all she of our was kids like, who think, "Who the hell would listen to you?" Right, all of our kids think we're idiots. Yeah, right, we, and, and, we and, are. I, and I suppose that's probably true of virtually every <laughs> child. But but in this particular case, she was like, "No," I'm like, "No, we have thousands <laughs> of listeners." I'm not. She's like, "No, come on, really?" Yeah, but it's true. So I wanted to thank our listeners for. For um, listening. For listening. And, and uh, if you and run... And actually that we can document that and show it to our kids and being like, we're not the idiots that you actually think we are. Right. And if anybody runs into our daughter, Flynn, uh, let her know that we're not idiots and yeah. uh, we have thousands of listeners. So yeah. thank you very much for being with us. We appreciate it. We do appreciate so it. So today we've got some questions teed up from listeners. Yep. And Brenda, you're going to read off our first one. Yep. We have from Rosie. Rosie wrote in, said, hello, love your podcast. See, that's another listener. <laughs> Here's a design question. We are building an addition, and our HVAC designer says we will need return air vents to the bedrooms. I'm struggling to visualize how to make it look as unobtrusive and integrated as possible and hoped you may have some ideas for me. Or are there other ways to plan for airflow between bedrooms and other parts of the house? 
So, Rosie. I can't answer that at all. That's okay. It's in my wheelhouse. Yes, thank God. I got that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, Rosie, thank you very much for the question, first of all. And, yeah, the answer is there's a couple of different ways to deal with this. First of all, um, there's some variables that are involved, whether your bedroom's on the first floor of a house or the second floor of a house, obviously being your house one story or two story as a driver. Um, and and the reason for that is it's, it may be where your contractor could locate the return duct, locate the return duct in the ceiling or locate it in the wall or could locate it in the floor. So there are variations among all those different options between wall, floor, and ceiling, some of which depend on how the addition is going to be configured, right? So this is an addition. I'm going to guess it's a single-story addition, um, and so you have some flexibility. And you need to be mindful of the fact that whether it's for heating and cooling, does, does Rosie say whether it's for air conditioning or heating and air conditioning? She just says HVAC designer, says when okay. return air vents. So I'm going to assume that it's actually for both heating and cooling, mm -hmm. right? And so there are pros and cons to whichever way you locate your return. If you relocate your return for the ceiling, um, it actually can help the air conditioning a little better because cold air falls and having the return on the ceiling helps actually pull that cold air up and circulate a little more around mm -hmm. the temperature you want, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we don't want the room temperature to have a lot of variability and you don't want it to be cold at the floor and warm at your head height, right? Mm -hmm. You want it to be even, right? And that's part of what the return does is help make that air circulate around so it remains as even as possible. So that works well for the cooling side, but it actually does not work as well to have to return on the ceiling for the heating side because heat already rises. Mm -hmm. So you're not, so you're actually pulling So you're it. sucking the, the warm air out Exactly. Of the room, right? Maybe in some cases, maybe a little prematurely, mm -hmm. maybe it hasn't gotten a chance to do its job. So that's then on the HVAC contractor to make sure he's designing the supply lines in a way that let's say they on the outside walls and they wash the walls with warm air mm -hmm. and so by the time they get pulled across the room to the return they've done much of their work mm -hmm. the air's done much work right so that's one thing to consider um, there's also another alternative called a jumper duct and a jumper duct allows you that sounds so cute to, huh? it's like a jumper it, not like, like a jumper. <laughs> oh my god not like a clothing <laughs> jumper for no <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm but, just having fun Yeah, because so I have no idea what you're talking the about. The jumper duck allows yeah. you to basically create a connection for your HVAC system from the room to maybe the hallway. So you might actually put a duct. Let's say you put a duct in the wall that's common to the hallway. So you've got, you've got your bedroom or you've got your room itself, and you put a, a duct down low in that room, and then you, use the, you actually use the stud bay as a duct essentially, and then you put another duct on the hallway up high, and it creates circulation between your room and the hallway um, in the event, as an example, that you have a return in the hallway. So, so some less expensive uh, installations don't put returns in every room. The right thing to do is actually put a return in every room. But some less expensive installations will maybe put a central return. So they have a big return, maybe in the ceiling of the hallway, mm -hmm. or in the wall of the hallway, or even in the floor of the hallway. Um, and so all of the spaces are being serviced by that one return, which means it's really important to make sure that air is escaping those rooms and getting to that return, right? If you don't have a return in the room and you don't have a jumper duct installed, another way to do that is to make sure that the door to that room is cut up high enough, right? So if your door is a half inch over the carpet, you're going to actually have a, a situation where that room is pressurized and that's a bad thing, right? So when the heating or the cooling comes on and the door to that room is closed, um, and you're pumping a certain amount of cubic feet per minute of air into that room, it's not going anywhere. It's actually just pressurizing the room, and mm -hmm. that's actually bad also. So you're not getting the benefit of the heating and the cooling because there's not enough air movement. So one way or the other is I, I encourage you to try to work with your contractor to arrive at a place where the return in the room 
will make you happy, and there's a lot of ways to do that. Or uh, you could you know make a connection into the hallway with another duct, or you can uh, you can also cut the bottom of your door up high enough if the contractor is proposing a central return and the return is actually going to be in the hallway somewhere. So there's a so, lot of... Yes. Yeah, go ahead. And that's all great information. Didn't answer her question. Sure it did. No. She's saying... I'm, she, she says that she needs to have a return vents in the bedrooms. Yep. So that's the first thing. And she says, I'm struggling to visualize how to make it look as unobtrusive and integrated as possible. So she's concerned about the what it, okay. the vent looks okay, like. Okay, fair enough. Fair not enough. how it works. Fair enough. Well, it, but... But to the extent that it's in the ceiling, it becomes very unobtrusive by yeah. itself. And I right? and I think that's the thing. I think maybe Rosie, you're overthinking this a little bit, because light switches, vents, you know, they these tend to things, fade to the background. Yeah, you, they they are there, and and if yeah, you just don't notice them after. The no, beginning. but but it's a good point. It's a good consideration, I think. And there are actually sort of better looking and lesser looking register covers, mm-hmm. right? So Yeah, ones in the floor can actually be made out of the same, like if you have hardwood right. floors, you can yeah. have the made out of the same hardwood as the... Which can be beautiful, actually, yeah. right? Yeah, the, they the, actually, some of the vents are really pretty. Right. Um, but I think one of the things to be mindful of, too, is there's a trade-off sometimes between the um, the visual appeal and the functionality of the register, mm-hmm. right? So those wood registers look great, but they also don't move as much air, <clears throat> pardon me, as a conventional metal register. Mm-hmm. So you need to be thinking about that as well. Um, but I think you're right, Brett, on some level, maybe a little overthinking of it. But, but um, you know, designing it in such a way, if, if you can have it in the ceiling, by and large, that'll be the least noticeable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can even put it in uh, a wall, maybe a, a wall return, and even think about it relative to where you might be placing your furniture. The only thing to be mindful of is you can't, like if you put it where you know you're going to put a sofa, you can't actually have the sofa go tight to the wall. Right. You have to have the sofa a little bit off the wall right. to allow that or return to do its job. Or a dresser or whatever, right? Or a like, dresser or like, whatever. Just like, you know, right. have an air gap behind so that the air is still moving. Right. right. So, yeah. So you're not even seeing yeah, it. And so some of that might be placement of the register mm-hmm. relative to how you're thinking about laying out furniture. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, you're right. I, I did go off a little bit on a tangent. Sorry well, about that. okay. You got, you um, got into the weeds. I did. And, you know, it happens. <laughs> well, hey, some of, the, some of the weeds are important. <laughs> so hopefully that's that's helpful. Think, you know, so that's a really good thing. So think about um, furniture placement relative to that work with your contractor on you know um, the the register has to do its job but you can effectively cover it you can conceal it is a better way to go is mm-hmm. say you can't cover it and in other words eliminating its functionality but you can conceal it by your right. furnishings right yep. fair enough yeah absolutely all right I'm gonna so, let you read the next one excellent so our next one I need to put my spectacles on here because I'm getting old. Uh, Our next one is from Jonathan. Mm -hmm. Hi, Dave and Brenda. I have a question for your next listener questions episode. That would be now. Mm -hmm. Uh, My partner and I are considering a kitchen remodel in the near future, and our area of the country has an abundance of architects advertising their services rather than remodelers. Can you explain the difference between the the types? Oh, that is a big question. We could could fill an episode on this. That is a big question. It is a big question. So, <laughs> all right. So, the difference between an architect and a remodeler, and it, like, here's the thing: what you want is not necessarily either of those two. What you really want is somebody that specializes in kitchen design. So, it can be a remodeler that you know has people on staff who only do kitchen design or only do kitchen and bath design because it's a very specific kind of product. Um, or well, let's you can hire up. an architect that specializes in kitchen design. But, you know, for instance, what you really want to be looking for is a certified kitchen and bath designer, a, a CKD or C, uh, or sometimes a CKBD, which means they have both accreditations. Um, because those people are educated not only in just, you know, how, how to lay out the room, but they also know about plumbing fixtures. They know about appliances. They know about... Um, 
you know, how much refrigeration you need for the, the amount of people that live in your home. I mean, it's a whole broad range, but it's very specialized. And an architect who's also doing whole house design is not necessarily going to think about how many uh, linear inches of drawer space do I need for my kitchen that serves, you know, is or one person yeah. is using or two people are using or, you know, a family of eight. So, In fact, we've done numbers of projects where clients brought us the plans from an architect for the overall project, and the architect chose not to detail the kitchen. Right. They Just left said, the like, kitchen yeah. for That's a kitchen designer. Right. right, exactly. So, but I want, to take that, I, want to, I want to take that process back a step because we talked about it from the standpoint of a remodeler or an architect, mm-hmm. but the reality is we, um, you know, sort of, as our listeners know, we own a construction company, have uh, several different construction-related companies, and the core of our business, the thing that has buttered our bread and has put our kids through college is not yet. design. They're not all through. Not all through. That's no. right. Projecting our kids through college <laughs> um, is design, build, remodeling. Right. Right. So we are we made the choice as to go into the marketplace as a, as a designed build company. And it's it's just what it sounds like, which is under one roof, a company provides services that that satisfy the design need and also the construction need sort of seamlessly under one roof. Now. What you asked about is sort of, okay, do I work with uh, a remodeler or an architect, right? And and w- I would put it to you that whether you find, it, it, you know, if you're going to look for uh, design only and handle that issue first and then worry about construction later, okay, you could actually work with an architect if the architect touts themselves as kitchen experts. Right, yeah. Just, right? Make, just make sure that that's yeah. something that they do. Right. And, it's, and you also have to be mindful of that too because... If you're working with any typical manufactured cabinet, in other words, not a custom shop, whoever does the design work also needs to understand what cabinet you're buying and understand a lot of details around how they design and sell that cabinet. Right. Right. Um, and so working with, I, I'm a bigger believer of working with the end provider, whoever you're going to buy your cabinet from should be the same person who's doing your cabinet design. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Now, that's a separate issue from the design build. You could still do that separately, but we are big believers in in the consumer having a better experience when they combine the construction services with the design services, right? Right, right. because you get feedback on budget as you go. You get a sense of, you know, like if you're saying, well, I, I really wanted Pogan Pole um, cabinets, but I have a Merillat budget, which is so this is totally different ends of the, the cabinet spectrum from like super, super high end to to uh, budget budget grade. And, um, you know, uh, somebody who is well versed in kitchen design will be able to say, yeah, OK, you're, you said your budget was, you know, fifty thousand dollars for this whole project. Pogan Pole is out you know, let's let's talk about other options and how we get you to get there. And and some, you know, if you're not specializing in kitchen design, they're not going to know that. Um, The other thing is, like you said, different cabinet lines have different nuances, you know, so you have to be designing with that end result in mind. Right. So I guess our our big overall takeaway from this would be um, that Let's say you ended up having a really good relationship with an architect who you felt super comfortable in doing design work. I think that's fine. However, you need to marry that person up with a good remodeling contractor. Somebody's going to do, if you're not a DIY person, if you're not going to do it yourself, you need somebody who's going to provide the service side. And the perfect scenario, if you can't find a good design build contractor, which we're sort of believers in, if you can't find someone that does that, make your own design build scenario up. Yeah, build a team. Build Yeah, build your own team. Find a great remodeler. Partner them up with the architect. And the reason we say that is a lot of the reasons that we, that, you know, Brent was just talking about. The reason we say that is 
you know, you want budget feedback early in the game. You want construction feedback early in the game. Mm-hmm. You want you want to benefit from the experience of the person who's going to build it, so that they can help guide you on like you know on cost and on maybe some value engineering and things like that. What you really don't want to do is spend time with an architect, and I'm, we're going to use the word architect, but let's also say a designer. Mm-hmm. Let's just, we're going to spend the you don't want to spend time with one person doing all that design work. Having them design exactly what you want, it's perfect, it's flawless, and then you go out to the marketplace and what happens? And you can't afford it. And then three contractors tell you it's twice what you want to spend. Yeah, or three times, right. Or three times what you want to spend, right. right? Because and, because you didn't get that budget feedback as you went. Right, and, I, and, and the stories of that happening are just too numerous to count. Yeah, right? and you spent, you know, $10,000 on design and you, you can't do it. Right, and right? no, That's spending a, a lot of, of time talking about budget is not fun. I no. get I get the fact the fun part is ooh let's design this and let's put that grid in and let's ch- let's pick this shiny faucet that's that's the fun stuff mm-hmm. but the reality is if we don't talk about the business side of it the actual budget side of it often projects end up getting drawn and not built and that's that stinks yep. right that's not what's that does not serve anybody's interests and so you know so our our suggestion would be uh, and the other thing is just to back up a little bit because you talked about the, the the architect and the remodeler. Don't forget, a huge part of what you want to be doing in this in this process is screening, right? You you are interviewing these people, and you are trying to decide whether they're going to be a good fit for you. So we have some other podcasts that we've done before that give you sort of all the tools you need. Yeah, way back in the beginning. Yeah, so the if very you're beginning. Just, if you're just starting to listen, go, start back at the beginning because there's sort of like primer, like the first 10 episodes are like really basic information. Right, trying to give you tools of how to have a great experience and try to set yourself up for success mm-hmm. um, and make sure you're choosing the right partners uh, and I and I use that word partner sincerely. Even though you're the customer and you're buying, um, at the end of the day, it's much more of a partnership than it is just a closed transaction, right? Because in many cases, you're living with these people mm-hmm. who are doing the work on your home mm-hmm. while things are being torn apart, yeah. put back together. You know, if you have done a good job at the selection process uh, and you've done a good job at the partnering side of it, the whole experience is way way better. Yep. Way way better, yep. right? So it's um, not like going to war every day. Exactly. Right. right. You know, and, and, and I think, you know, we told a story before um, of the client who who hired another contractor who was thirty thousand dollars less and had to fight through the entire project till the project was done. They ended up spending $30,000 more, so they spent the amount that, yeah, the, yeah. that the other contractor, in this case us, had right. said it was going to cost. And then hated the, the And, and now they now they right. sit in a beautiful kitchen. It's a beautiful kitchen. Mm-hmm. right? The other contractor actually did good work. It was a beautiful kitchen, but now they sit in that kitchen every morning and they're angry. Mm-hmm. They're annoyed. So uh, as much as it's important to figure out the right structure of company you want to work with, it's even more important to figure out are you comfortable with them? Do you mm-hmm. trust them? Mm-hmm. Trust is a is a big part of that deal. Yeah. And yeah. is there is there just basic competence, right? Because the other the other thing to be mindful of as you're looking at remodelers is design build has become a popular way to do a project, right? So it, uh, other contractors have realized, okay, if I can if I'm designing, I get more work. So they sometimes contractors call themselves design build because they think it's popular, but they don't have the horsepower internally right. to actually do They're to actually do good the builders, right. but they're not designers. Mm-hmm. So that's an important distinction as well. So not all design build is created equal. Make sure you take the time uh, to understand the differences and uh, and that should stand you in good stead. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So right. I think we're I think we're done. I we think are. I'm done listening to you for the day. <laughs> so all we're right. gonna we're gonna wrap it up. 
I love my husband very much. I just want to point that out. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't always sound like no. I know you do, but <laughs> sometimes it sounds like you're a little mean. Uh, no, yeah, because I am a little mean sometimes. You're not. Oh, a little bit. You're not. Yeah. Hey, listen, we want to thank you so much for listening to us. We greatly appreciate it. And this has been another episode of Renovation Made Right. I am Brenda Bryan. And I am David Bryan. Take care. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com, and follow us on social media at Renovation Made Right. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you like the show, leave us a review.